Hello, friends, and thank you for joining Christ Church Online. Today we are joined by our high school pastor, the Reverend Doug Rary. He will be using lessons from the book of Daniel to teach us how, in our busyness, we can develop a deeper and more meaningful relationship with God. Here is Pastor Doug with his message. Thank you for listening. Would you pray with me, please? Father God, I just thank you so much for this place, God. Lord, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for all the things that you're doing here at Christ Church. God, uh, during this time, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would come. God, I pray that you might forgive me of any sin that might prohibit me from teaching from your word. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just fill our hearts and our minds and and, uh, and open them to your word. And God, I pray that you'll be your words that are spoken here this morning and not mine. It's your son's name we all pray and all God's people said, amen. <clears throat> forgive me if I clear my throat a little bit. I've been uh, not feeling too well this past week. But uh, you may or may not know that our senior pastor, Jared Ott, has been in the Holy Land for the last two weeks. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but he actually has the greatest office uh, here in the church. He's got these beautiful windows, wonderful plants, nice leather couch, and he's got uh, this wonderful fireplace. And uh, so naturally, for the last two weeks, the youth pastor's been in his office. You know what I mean? (laughs) Now, uh, I didn't just go in there and take it. Uh, It was actually a bit of a gag gift in front of the staff um, at Christmas time that, that he allowed me to use his office while he's away in the Holy Land, um, but he wrote a contract uh, that I needed to stick to if I was going to be in his office, and uh, I highlighted a couple of things I just wanted to tell you about. Uh, uh, he wrote that it should be noted that this uh, full use of ownership and operation of his office uh, prohibits such activity seen as illegal in the sight of the law. That, that makes good sense, right? He goes on to say that this uh, using his office no way allows for any church-altering decisions to be made, uh, including but not limited to any and all financial decisions, uh, church name change, service time change, promotions, demotions, hirings, firings, title changes, and or dedications of any future parking lot space ownership. <laughs> he also went on to say that I cannot demand that people refer uh, to me in the formal doctor, senior pastor, father, interim senior pastor, emperor, or your highness. And it goes on and on and on. He had a lot of things listed here of what I can and cannot do, but uh, I read this carefully, and I discovered that there were some things missing. Uh, you know, he, he didn't say that I couldn't invite a, a bunch of 10th grade guys into his office and have a party, and so that's what I did. <laughs> you know, he didn't say that I couldn't invite the middle school pastor, uh, Pastor Robbie, over and uh, cook some s'mores over his campfire, so that's what I did over his fireplace. <laughs> And most importantly, he didn't say that I couldn't install a swimming pool in his office, so I did that as well. (laughs) Have you ever uh, really studied something to kind of see what you could get away with? You know what I mean? Um, You know, we we study things like this and kind of see, you know, what what can I really get away with? And, And really, you know, that's the purpose of the law. The law is to tell you how low you can go. Right? There's nothing about the law that inspires us to be greater people, that inspires us to be better people. You know, when I drove to church here this morning, I passed a 35-mile-an-hour sign, right? And that didn't inspire me to be a better driver, okay? It just told me how low I could go, right? Tax laws uh, don't inspire us to be generous. 
Uh, Civil laws don't inspire us to be civil. So what inspires us to be better people? What inspires us to grow? You know, we fill our minds with homeowners association ordinances and contract information, sports statistics, music, lyrics, celebrity gossip, uh, what's going on in politics, uh, new movie release dates, or if you're like me, I actually find out when the trailer release date is going to be so I can get a, catch a glimpse of the new movie online beforehand. We fill our minds with all this stuff, but how often do we actually fill our minds with God's word? How well do we know him? How much time do we spend in a real relationship with the Lord? And I was really interested about this, so I did some research this week, and a a recent LifeWay research study found that only 45% of those who regularly attend church read the Bible more than once a week. And over 40% of the people attending read their Bible occasionally, maybe once or twice a month. Now, the study did say that one in five churchgoers say that they read their Bible every day, but it also said that another one in five churchgoers say that they never read their Bible. Do you remember when you were a little kid, uh, or maybe even a teenager like I work with, and uh, and you're up to no good, and you should have known better than what you were doing, and maybe your mom or maybe your dad came to you and said, you know, it's time to grow up. You remember that? Remember whenever your parents would say that to you? Well, you know, what's interesting is Peter actually says something similar to us and says something similar to many followers of Christ in Hebrews 5. We're going to put it up on the screen beginning at verse 12. He says, you have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. You know, for some of us in this room, it might be time to grow up. But for others in this room, uh, maybe you've been doing this well, but it might be time to help others grow up. You know, Pastor Robbie told me a really interesting uh, story this past week. He said that a congregation member had come up to him and and had been talking about God's word. And he said, you know, I've just been really feeling challenged because I I feel like, you know, I could go up to somebody in the church uh, who's been going to the church for a long time, and I could introduce them to a, a new disciple, and it's, uh, uh, it's quite possible if I were to ask them, hey, could you put this, this young person under your wing, and can you help them grow? Uh, can you disciple them uh, you know, to follow Christ that, that they might feel overwhelmed and say, oh, I don't know if I could do that. I, I just don't know if that's something that I, I'm capable of doing. But you could go up to that same person, and you could talk to them about their, their work or their field and say, can you train them uh, to, to do your profession, whether you're a carpenter or you're in finance or sales. And, and, and most of us, I think, in this room would say, oh, no problem. I'd be happy to do that. You know, wherever you're at on the, on the spectrum, whether you're just kind of getting started with a relationship with God or you've been walking with God for a real long time, you just need to remember that all God desires is a relationship with you. All he wants from you is a relationship. You know, the summary of the entire Bible is God's love letter to you. God wants to connect. And it all begins with a relationship. Now, any good psychologist would tell you, or any good counselor would tell you that the key to a healthy relationship is communication, right? So do you communicate with God? Do you allow him to communicate with you? You know, we need to develop a daily time to grow up right? A daily time with God. But there's a big problem, and that is our culture. 
Now, every year, every generation, our culture is growing worse and worse with some things that work against us in this way of connecting God. I just want to highlight a couple of things. Number one is always on my list is busyness. Right? We, we are a culture that is fueled by Red Bull and Starbucks. Right? We got a lot going on. We are so very busy. Families today are working more jobs and longer hours and our kids are involved in more and more activities. And I work with teenagers for a living, and I will tell you that they are the busiest people on the planet. There is so much going on. Now, most of the things that we fill our lives with are really good things. But too many good things can keep you too busy to connect with God. I know lots of times I think to myself, you know, I'm just kind of too busy to squeeze in a time with God. Sometimes I think, you know, this day, like, oh, I didn't get to it today. Maybe, maybe tomorrow I was just too busy. And if that's you, might I suggest that you are too busy not to spend time with him. You are too busy not to get connected with the source of all power into your life to accomplish all that you have to accomplish. Another thing that our culture uh, is all about is convenience, right? Everything is, is very, very convenient, uh, in this day and age, compared to just a few years ago, everything's faster. Everything is instant. I don't know if you realize how convenient our culture is. Everything's at our fingertips. We could download music and, and movies. You know, sometimes I talk to teenagers. I used to manage a video store, and sometimes I tell them stories about that, and they, they think I must have worked in a museum or something, right, because you can't find a video store anymore. We could just download music and, and movies and books and uh, if you need a ride, you could just use your app to call up an Uber. You could get food delivered. Uh, I live by a Walmart now that actually I could order everything online and then go pick it up. I haven't tried it yet, but I can't wait uh, to go and pick up food at Walmart. Right? Our shopping, we could do on Amazon, and, uh, and it arrives in our house in, in just two days. There's no need to really work for things anymore, and it makes us think that things that require patience must be bad. But waiting to hear from God, getting in your Bible, slowing down in a quiet place to pray to God. These things take patience. Developing a daily time with God can be hard work. But the big thing I want to go after today is, is technology. You know, technology has developed under the idea that we are connecting faster and more frequently. But why visit someone when you can text? Why tell a story when you could just post what happened online? Why go and do when I can just sit and be entertained? You know, being connected through these devices actually puts space between us. We might be able to connect verbally or, or through a text or something, but it actually puts space between us. And it actually kind of makes us a little bit selfish. It makes us think a little bit more about ourselves and other people. Did you know that your phones have the same thing in common as gambling, alcohol, and drugs? It's been studied that when you're on your phone, there's actually a, a, a hit, a release of dopamine in your brain. It's a chemical that says, this is good, and I want more. I like this. And that same dopamine hit comes from every like or comment or retweet we get on social networking, which makes our phones kind of doubly addicting. You know, how do you think this affects our relationships with other people? How do you think this affects our self-image? And I wonder, how does this affect our relationship with God? Do I just toss him away when I'm not entertained? Do I choose the phone over my time with God? 
You know, I, I, I think uh, I learned this a while ago while I was coming down to make some coffee in the morning and, and my Keurig wasn't working and I kept pushing the power button, I kept flipping the thing and it just, it just wouldn't work and I hollered for my wife for help, I needed coffee in the morning and uh, she came to and, and, and reached behind it and grabbed the plug and plugged it into the wall. She had been cleaning and so she, she unplugged it and, uh, and uh, I learned that day, you know, that things tend to work best when they're plugged in, Right? You know, the devil, God's enemy, wants to use all of this against you. He knows that if he can defeat you in this battle, if he can unplug you from God, from the source of power, if he can sever your communication with God, that you'll be fighting all of the battles in your life on your own, and you're going to lose. You know, in the Bible, there was a man who was under similar circumstances as us. He was a man of God. He was from the nation of God, but he was being held captive by an unbelieving foreign culture whose society was set up to erodes one, one's belief in God. And his name was Daniel. And do you know what Daniel did in this unbelieving culture? Is he developed a daily time with God. Three times a day, Daniel would go to God and work on his relationship with him. Today, uh, as I kind of finish up today, I just want to show you some things that Daniel did during his time with God. None of these things are rocket science or new information, but it's still a good reminder of how to connect with God. So just three verses from J- Daniel chapter 9. During the first year of his, that's King Darius's reign, I, Daniel, learned from reading the word of the Lord as revealed to Jeremiah the prophet that Jerusalem must lie desolate for 70 years. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. The first thing that Daniel did was he learned from God's word. See, God wants to speak to you. Now, there's a number of ways that God will choose to speak to us through impressions that he places on your heart, through teachers that he places in your life, through circumstances he places in your path, but the number one way that God will choose to speak to you is through his word that he places in your hand. See, God has written down much of what he wants to say to you in the Bible, and that's what Daniel did, and that's what we need to do is study and learn from God's word. You know, when I was like a freshman in high school, it's a true story, I, uh, I was so serious about wanting to hear from God. I was so serious about it, and, uh, and as I was going to bed, I, I literally did this. I put a note card and a pen next to my bed on the nightstand. And I said, God, I want to hear from you. And I said, God, while I sleep tonight, I said, I won't even tell anybody. It's just, just do this miracle for me. Would you write what you want to say to me? Would you, would you make it appear on this note card when I wake up in the morning? And so I went to sleep, and I woke up in the morning, and I remembered, and I was kind of excited to look, and the note card was, was blank. And so I got out of bed, and as I was making my way to the bathroom, I stubbed my toe. And I had left my Bible on the floor. And that's what I stubbed my toe on. And, and I, I literally felt this impression from God that he said, you know, I've written down everything that I want to tell you. You just need to, to pick it up and read it. And it took me a long time to develop a habit of doing that. God wants to speak to you uh, through his word. Daniel, the second thing he did was he turned to God. Daniel turned to God. Uh, I, I, where's Ed Shuley? I wanted Ed Shuley to come up here. He's going to help me illustrate something. This is, this is an old 
uh, youth ministry illustration, but I think it really works well today. We're going to have Ed pretend to be God, okay? So Ed is going to pretend to be God. Um, Very good. And he's going to stand right here, and if you would turn right here like this, okay? And I am going to be everybody else, okay? And so, um, you know, when we have a good relationship with God, when we're connecting with him every day, even when we go through times of trouble, even though we go through times of of turmoil, you know, it's like, it's good, because it's me and God. Everything is fine, right? But sometimes, you know, like a dog and a squirrel, we kind of get distracted, you know, from the ways of the world. You know, things going on, we get too busy, uh, things are very convenient, and we get really distracted, and we, we kind of turn our attention away from God. And then all of a sudden, we go through a tough time, we go through a tragedy, and we go, God, where are you? Right? But God has never moved. It's us that have moved. And we go, God, where are you? And what Daniel did is Daniel turned to God, right? And we need to remember to do that every day, that we need to turn to God to make sure our focus is on him and eliminate our focus on the rest of the world. Thank you, Ed. Wasn't he good? He, was, he did a fantastic job standing there, yeah. The third thing that Daniel did was Daniel spoke to God, okay? That's what prayer ultimately is, is it's a conversation between you and God. Now, notice the word pleading in there, right? This was serious for Daniel. There was a sense of urgency about Daniel's prayers. You know, sometimes we forget to talk to God. Sometimes we forget to thank God. Sometimes we forget to plead to God for, for God's help. A friend of mine a couple of months ago pointed out something really interesting to me that, you know, Jesus had these 12 disciples that were following him around for years and years, and they saw all these amazing things that Jesus did, right? Jesus healed people. Je- Jesus raised someone from the dead. Jesus turned water into wine. Jesus calmed the storms. Jesus walked on water. But when it came time for the disciples to ask Jesus to teach them something, do you know what they asked? They didn't ask to learn how to do any of those things. They asked to learn how to pray. In Luke verse 1, once Jesus was in a certain place praying, right? Jesus modeled it, and we need to do it. Jesus was in a certain place praying. As he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. There's some things that we all need to be praying about. I wrote down a quick list of things that I need to remind myself what I need to be praying about, like our future. How many of us have big decisions about our future we need to be praying about? Who we are. You know, I've never met one person, really. I've never met one person that's comfortable in their own skin. Right? Everybody goes through a time where they kind of feel like they don't fit in or they don't feel loved or, or there's something wrong with them. Right? We need to be talking to God about who he made us to be. We need to be talking to God about our schedule, how we're going to fit everything in, what's most important and help from him to accomplish it. We need to be talking to God about those around us. We need to be asking God, you know, who should I be spending my time with? Who influences me? Or what kind of influence do I have on others? Who do I care about that I should be going to God and praying for them? We need to be talking to God about stress. You know, I've learned in life that, you know, when you're hungry, that means it's time to eat. Or whenever you feel pain, that means Uh, You've been hurt somehow, right? But when you feel stress, that means you're trying to do everything on your own. And that's a good indicator that we need to go to God for help. We need to go to God in confession. You know, there's some things that we're doing that put a strain on our relationship with God. And just like Adam and Eve, we tend to run and hide from God when we do those things, rather than turning to him and saying, God, I just need your forgiveness. I want to make things right between you and me. We need to go to God in times of tragedy. 
We need to go to God in times of thanksgiving. You know, more often than not, we forget to, to thank God. After we've prayed for something and he delivers, we forget all about it. We forget to thank God. The last thing that Daniel did was Daniel fasted. Now, fasting is giving up something as a way to demonstrate to God, but more importantly to ourselves, that we are serious about our relationship with him. Fasting helps us gain a new perspective and a renewed reliance upon God. When we reach for whatever it is that we gave up in a fast, it reminds us to turn to God and it helps us to eliminate distractions. It's an offering of sacrifice to God. You know, most of the time that fasting is associated with food, uh, but working with teenagers, you know, I actually think it's kind of unhealthy to encourage teen- growing teenagers to, to stay away from a whole lot of food. So I talk to them about what else can you give up? What else can you give up in a, in a fast? And what else could, could we give up if it's not food? What could we fast from? You know, the purpose of fasting should be taking your eyes off the things of the world and to put, them, put the focus completely on God. So what could we give up during a fast? Could we give up social networking for a period of time? Could we give up TV? Could we give up Netflix? Or could we give up a certain kind of food that we love? Now, fasting is not a requirement to be a Christian. But sometimes, when what you're praying about is serious enough, we fast. And you know what I find really interesting? I've got these twin girls, and there was a time when, uh, when my wife was, was uh, working full-time in three days. And so it was all me and, and these girls. And I can remember a time when my girls really wanted to get my attention. They were really upset about something. And maybe those of the other kids remember this. And they, they actually chose not to eat to get my attention. Like, they chose not to eat. They, they, wanted, they couldn't communicate. They wanted to tell me something. So they chose not to eat. You know, sometimes we give things up in this fast, to, to say to ourselves and to say to God, you know, we're really serious about this thing. Let me just close with this. Something that I find really, really encouraging is what Daniel was actually reading when we look in Daniel chapter 9. Daniel was reading from God's word, and he was reading from the book of Jeremiah chapter 29, beginning in verse 10. We'll put it up on the screen. This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years, Daniel and his friends, God's people. But then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised, and I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days, when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. You know, that was a promise for Daniel and God's people in Babylon, but that's a promise that we could claim for ourselves today as well, that when you pray, God will listen. If you look for him wholeheartedly, you will find him. God will be found by you. Are you willing to turn to him? Are you willing to set aside a daily time to grow up? You know, beginning at the end of May, we're going to be starting a new series on the book of James. And as Pastor Jared and I talked about what I might be talking about this morning, we were kind of excited to talk about developing a daily time. And maybe throughout that series, we could all be going through that book of James together and developing a daily time to grow up. Would you pray with me, please? 
Father God, I just thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning. God, I thank you for uh, this church and for all you're doing here, Lord. God, I, I do pray that, uh, that you would help us. God, I pray that you would challenge us to turn to you each and every day. God, to develop a, a time where we can work on our relationship with you. God, I pray that we would experience your Holy Spirit when we do that, that we would experience fruit. This is a discipline, God, just like any other discipline. And it's not necessarily easy. And there's times where we kind of don't want to do it or we feel lazy. God, I just pray that you would uh, bless us. As we go uh, throughout our week, God, that you would uh, help us to grow in our relationship with you, but that you also might challenge us to, to look for others around us and help them to grow in their relationship with you. God, I thank you for this time this morning. We worship you and we love you. It's your name we pray. Amen.